Hello, it's Jesse. You're listening to a partial preview of a premium episode of Blockchain Reported. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, which consists of us answering listeners' questions and Katie telling me about a real-life beef she's experiencing, it's a crazy story. Go to blockchainreported.org, where for just $5 a month and up, you can sign up to become a premium subscriber. You'll get three extra episodes just like this one each and every month. It's the greatest deal ever in media. Thanks, and enjoy the preview. Okay, so yeah, we asked you guys for your questions. You had lots of them, hundreds. We're obviously only going to be able to answer a subset of them. They were very good. We thank you guys as always. We're only going to be able to answer 90. Only We're going to be answer, able to answer 499 out of 500. This is Wild Horses. They ask, this is one for you, Katie. What are your thoughts on whether LGB and TQ plus have sufficient commonalities to remain as a cohesive quote unquote community? Are there any benefits for LGB in remaining linked to TQ plus? Again, that's Wild Horses. I did like this response from Jojo Z. It's not like all the letters of the alphabet have a conference and there's a decisive vote that will decide this issue. Freedom of association and all that. Uh, okay, fair point. But the broader thing is like whether, I don't know, this issue's come up before, whether like all the letters under the rainbow flag have similar interests or whether there should be a breach. So maybe, Katie, this could be a big announcement for you and your people. Jesse, I can't believe someone would bring this up on the day before Pride Month. I mean, for me, the... The whole idea that an LGBT or an LGBTQ plus or an LGBT two spirit or whatever that any of this constitutes a community, it's based on a false premise. There's no community here. There's really not. Like there's these are disparate populations made up of individuals. It's sort of like referring to like the black community. The black community doesn't exist. There might be some. You're saying there's no such thing as black people. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There, like, it's a population. I think that we should use the, the term population instead because that's more, a more accurate way of describing what is just a group of individuals, some of whom have uh, aligning desires and needs and aims and some of whom really don't. Uh, you know, I mean, for one thing, like, go to a gay bar sometime. Like, if you think that, a, that like, a gay bar... Or go to a lesbian, lesbian bar if those exist. If they existed, right. You will see... I mean, there are some places called queer bars, but for the most part, if you go to a gay bar, you're not going to find, like, a bunch of, like, dykes hanging out with gay men. I mean, this might have changed. I haven't gone out to, to a bars in a while, but from my experience, for the most part, like... There's no, there's not really a community within these places. Maybe drag brunch is the one place where you would have the entire uh, rainbow together. I mean, these are not people who go to the same orgies, right? <laughs> None of the right. same sex parties. Um, so, are there any benefits for LGB in remaining linked to TQ? Okay, so I guess there are some benefits if you if you need to have a bigger block, a bigger not a voting block because this person, the commentator is also right. It's not like there is a conference where everybody gets together and like decides who's going to be the next American Idol or something like that. And I think now that things like gay marriage have passed and we've moved on to these other rights issues, you're seeing more severing. Whereas before the Supreme Court ruled ruled a couple years ago or last year maybe on, on Bostock, where you had these issues of discrimination that really did affect people across the across this spectrum or, or whatever, there are reasons, there were reasons for to have this block, this like political block. And I, I don't see that having as much utility anymore. That said, we talked about this on the last show. There is a resurgence of homophobia and transphobia. I think a lot of it stems from 
genuine overreach on the part of activists, queer and trans activists, when it comes to things like, you know, trans and kids, sports, things like that. We've talked about it on the show plenty of times. This is leading to a resurgence of homophobia. It really is. And uh, and so it's possible that this resurgence of homophobia will lead to some sort of convergence between these groups. But again, like there is no cohesive community. It doesn't exist. We're just talking about individuals within a population who might or might not have something in common. Isn't it? I mean, isn't in a loose sense, doesn't everyone under the the rainbow umbrella you know, they're all, you people are all gender nonconforming in one way or another. And by dint of that, don't you have something in common? Just the way like all, most black people are a completely heterogeneous group, but they do all have darker skin, which brings with it certain, you know, ramifications. So aren't you lumped together in a loose sense? I mean, everybody's gender nonconforming in some way. Any woman who wears pants is gender and like has a job outside of the house is gender nonconforming. Yeah, I'm against that. I think that if you're subdividing categories, like I think females are more a more cohesive block than <laughs> gay, lesbian, trans. It's so funny that that's like super controversial now to even refer to females as a block. Right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's a that's a fair answer, Katie. Let's move on to the next question, Katie. This is also for you, Jesse. Who's your favorite Slay the Spire character? Go for it, Katie. Slay or Spire? Fuck the Spire. Uh, I'll, this is this is multiple questions. I'll answer this one first. Favorite Slay the Spire character. Um, if you're not a nerd, fast forward 30 to 45 seconds. I've now beat Slay the Spire on Ascension 15 with all four characters after I quit Twitter. Slay the Spire rushed in to fill the hours. That, uh, apparently, I just have like a... Well, I'm actually curious, Katie. Do you feel like you have a set number of hours every week that you're just going to waste on something? Or are you capable of being like a very productive person? Are you kidding me? Like most of my life is just wasting time on stuff. That's what I figured. I didn't want to assume. So it's not, it's not like you, you take the, I don't know. I don't know what I spent a week on Twitter. Call it 10 hours. Maybe I'm being generous myself. It's not like that, that like magically became time, you know, getting really good at Spanish. I just played more Slay the Spire. So are you still playing piano? That ended so quickly. I took lessons and then I didn't have, I did, I felt like I didn't have time, but I clearly have time. It's like, you do have time. Those, I need to accept that those hours will go to garbage. It'll be something not useful or productive or edifying. And piano is too edifying or or too like, Mm -hmm. what's the word? It's like, it makes you a better person. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I beat um, all four characters on Ascension 15. I beat the heart with Slay the Spire. I've tried to do Ascension 20. It's impossible um, beating the heart. Um, I, yeah, I've just it's just annoying. It's like I've dumped hundreds of hours in the game because the developers did an incredibly job making sure the characters play in really distinctive ways. There's all these different builds that work within each character, so it's just like <sighs> really satisfying. And, and you, Katie, you know how like on floor three you get a great relic and that changes your whole play style. Oh You're going to go with yeah. a poison heavy silent deck and then you use yeah. shivs instead. You know um, when you get the L shape in, a, in like level seventeen of Tetris? Oh my and it god, just fits that's in crazy! And the whole thing disappears. I guess my answer to the question is that the defect when played well makes you sort of, you feel like a god because they can just dominate. And that's probably my favorite character to play, but they're all fun. Okay. The other questions, Katie and Jesse, have you ever considered having a thoughtful conservative-ish guest to talk about some of these culture war economics issues? I'd even take a libertarian with a small L economist or two smiley face. I ask this because I think the only blind spot on the show is on questions of how people on the quote unquote right Think about culture, war, and economic issues. Have we never had a conservative on the show? We've barely had guests on the show. But surely one of them has been conservative, or maybe not. 
That is a blind spot. I mean, Helen Lewis is pretty far right. <laughs> uh, who have we who have we been at on? Dan Savage, fascist. Mm-hmm. Carrie Callahan, fascist. Uh, Helen Lewis, fascist. Uh, Camille, Hannah Barnes. Camille did well. Camille's a libertarian. Was he on our? Oh, he was on the live show. Instagram late canceled Instagram lady. Oh, uh, oh, um, Clementine. Oh, yeah, huge fascist. No, she's a she's a communist. Yeah. I guess so. It's, one of the people responding was like, "Yeah, you should have David French on." I David French. Is he does gr- too many other shows. That well, that's what I'm saying. Like David French is interesting, yeah. but I just I don't think anyone listens to Blocked and Reported to hear liberals and conservatives hash out their policy differences. Would that be? I don't know if that would be our style necessarily. I th- I mean, David French is the first person who comes to mind when I think of a thoughtful conservative. I really like David French's work. I think he's really smart, and I think he's a straight-up good person. But he also, like, he has a column in the New York Times. He's been on the fifth column. And what we don't want to do is, like, if somebody has a new book coming out or something like that, you know, we'll get emails from people. Can I come on the show? We don't want to have the same guest on that every that is that every other show is having on at the same yeah. time. And there's a lot of overlap between our show and, and like the fifth column and Megan Daum's show and Barry's show. And so there have been times, like multiple times, when uh we've booked someone and then I find out that they're gonna be on the fifth column this week, that that same week. And you and fly we into cancel. a rage. Yeah. I fly into a rage. I take out my little voodoo dolls of Michael Moynihan and Camille Foster. And you steal a dog well, and give it to the Humane yes. Society. Yes. Um. So we. So we just don't want to do that. And and like it. This is just a problem with. Like you'll hear like someone will have a a new thing come out or whatever, and they'll do every fucking show on public. Right. Like you'll turn on NPR in the morning and they're interviewing the author, and then you turn it in the in the afternoon and they're interviewing the same author on a different yeah. show. And we just don't want to do that. No, that like really so the question, but Ben Smith's book Traffic, I haven't read it yet. I'm looking forward right. to it. It looks sounds really interesting. His interview on um uh We the Fifth on the Fifth Call. I almost said Slay the Spire. <laughs> <laughs> the, Jesus Christ. His interview on on um the fifth column was really good and interesting, but I just I don't I don't wouldn't want to put effort into like having him on and then having it have to be like super different. That doesn't mean right. we don't like Ben Smith or don't think the book's a worthy project. We just I think we think that um people mostly listen to our podcast for us because we're so special. But that said, like if there's a thoughtful conservative-ish guest on culture war or economic, you know, actually John Stokes, he was he on the show? Yeah, he came on to talk He's, about um Google AI. Yeah, uh, what's her name? The, uh, the yeah, woman. yeah. He's. I mean, we have so we have some some have some sort of libertarians. I mean, he's he's a libertarian, right? Or I don't. He's just a prepper that sort of seems can former. Like he he literally likes guns. We well we couldn't talk to him about guns because we don't know anything about guns. He's the guy I shot guns with. Rifles. Right. There's a video right. of me very awkwardly shooting an AR-15 and being scared of it. Let's have Blair White on. Let's have Richard Spencer on and try to find some middle ground. I would settle for Alex Jones. Um. Anyway, no, I to- I I agree with the the sentiment from this uh, question asker because I think this sort of discussion is good. I just I don't know. I'm not sure. We're, we'll we'll keep it. We'll keep. We're open to the possibility. I guess. There was a so Mike Pesca, um, friend of the show, who has also been on the show. Another so, guy who we had on at the same time. Yeah. He was on the fifth call. Yeah. So Mike's main project is called the the gist. He also has a, a column on Substack. Um, but for a while, for a short amount of time, he was doing a show with uh, Helen or not Helen. What's her name? 
Oh, I know who. Well, it's Jamie Kerchick on the right, and then yeah, and good liberal woman, that super annoying woman. What do you mean annoying? She has the right views. She's on very annoying. No, she has the right views on everything. No, she's she's the one who wrote a column about. Uh, oh, not, her neighbor who shoveled her Virginia Heffernan. Yeah, right? Virginia Heffernan. She wrote a column for I think the L.A. Times about she didn't know whether to like thank her. She did some like fucking COVID tourism where she moved to like remote Vermont or someplace like that. And then her neighbor plowed I her it was driveway. California. I could be wrong. Her neighbor plowed her driveway, and her neighbor was a conservative. And she wrote this column over like not knowing whether to like thank the neighbor for plowing her driveway. When she was snowed into her driveway. Anyway, Mike likes her for some reason. He's a much nicer person than we are. So much nicer. And he hosted he hosted a show with the two of them. Virginia did not last long in the show at all. Uh, Jamie also bowed out. I think he had a lot going on. And then Mike tried to get other people to come onto the show. He had uh, – the whole run was probably less than 10 episodes. But the, the point of the show was to have a liberal, a moderate, and a conservative. So Virginia, Mike, and – and uh, Jamie on the show hashing out issues, and it didn't work. And Mike did this. I would recommend listening to this. Mike did this final dispatch about why the show didn't work. And one of the things that he said was that Virginia, like basically everybody was busy. There's that, but also Virginia got a lot of shit from her audience about partaking in this. And then when she brought out, he tried to bring on other people. I think David French was on it at one point. Dan Savage was on it at one point. Wait, sorry. Her audience was mad at her that she defended her beliefs, like on the same audio line as someone? Not that she defended her beliefs, that she was engaged in this project with Mike and Jamie. Why? Because they're fucking stupid. What, what are I don't they know. Mad they're about? like they're yeah. so fucking stupid. They're holier than thou. It's I'm so grateful we don't have like an idiot. Our audience is not idiot. Can you imagine? Like you have to like be careful about who you talk to or who right. you interview or are interviewed by because your audience is so dumb. I mean, we do. Get, <laughs> our last episode, we did get some. <laughs> we did get some goodbye emails, um, but we got one. <laughs> we got a vague goodbye email that was like basically like the way the email was framed. It was basically the author had been a listener for a long time and used to like the show until this is more or less what the the read of the, my read of the email until he found out that we're objectively pro child molestation <laughs> at which point he just couldn't grooming. countenance being a listener anymore right. um, yeah yep. um so anyway so mike on this final dispatch of the show he was talking about why it didn't work and so the two main players bowed out quickly but then when he was trying to find other people to come on the show, a conservative and a liberal to come on the show. He just had a really hard time, if I'm remembering correctly, he just had a really hard time finding anybody who would do this. And we've run into this before as well, like trying to, we've invited people on the show who we vehemently disagree with, people who vehemently disagree with us, and they will not come on the show. They will never come on. They will never come on. They will never come on to defend their own positions. Everyone from, yeah, well, I'm just saying off the top of my head, like Julia Serrano, Chase Strangio. Michael Hobbs. Half the guy, oh, definitely, yeah, Hobbs immediately said no. A lot, several of the people involved in like the campaign trying to get really uh, that ugly pylon of Times writers who had written about youth trans stuff. Um, they, I, I think there's an asymmetry here, frankly, where I, I say this as someone very much on the left, I still think that, but I think there's an asymmetry where conservatives are much more likely, or like quote unquote problematic people, much more likely to defend their positions, where there's unfortunately this burgeoning norm on the left that to even engage in discussion is like uh, uh would you debate hitler it's it's right. really crazy and stupid and makes it seem like an anti-intellectual hellscape i would love to know an example of 
someone on the right, you know, refusing to platform a liberal or something like this. And I don't I don't know if it happens. It might because I'm not plugged into that culture. It, so it totally might happen. But. Well, there was some cancel culture stuff going on within the right with like anti-Trump people getting really like ostracized. True. But I guess that's not the same. True. Yeah. So if the occasion, if like the right occasion and the right guest came up, we'd be totally into having a conservative guest. I, I like conservatives, some of them at least. Um, no no uh, like moral problem with it whatsoever. Um, we just haven't had the... No, definitely not a moral problem. It would just have to be... There's also like... Uh, this has been going on since like... I don't know. Crossfire. That's it. That's all you get to hear. If you want to listen to the rest, go to blockedreport.org. Thank you and hope you enjoyed the preview.